0: This insert is brought to you by Radio K at 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za
1: Good uh, evening, listeners. What a joy to be with you again tonight. Um, as you know, this week we're talking about, or this month, the theme is Helping That Enables Healing. And we have different guests that we're talking to. The, uh, the past two weeks, we, um, we were speaking to Peter Schultz from Mighty Wings, um, an outpatient organization helping people with addictions. Um, and today and the next program, I'm really looking forward to introduce to you my very good friend over many, many years, Alta Libba. And she... Has got an interesting story because um, she's not been she's not from an organisation she's not formally part of um, part of an addiction program or anything. But because I know her, I know that she's been involved in the lives of addicts over many many years in a very positive way. And I think one of the difficulties for us um, becoming alongside addicts is how do you help? people struggling with addictions. I think sometimes we really feel so powerless because it doesn't feel like we can do anything to help them and it doesn't feel like they want to be helped. So, Alta, before we get into the details of this, can you tell us a little bit about your story? Each one of us has a story and why this had become, crossed our lives and why this became part of something that we do.
2: Uh, Alta, just from yeah. my side, very, very welcome as well. And uh, yeah, say hi to the listeners as well.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Fred and Suki. What a privilege to be uh, talking to you this afternoon and with the listeners. It's really a joy to be here. So I'll just start very shortly by saying, you know, I, I grew up in a home where Alcohol was maybe a glass of very sweet wine uh, on Christmas Day. (laughs) That was what I knew as alcohol. Not not a lot. Um, And then I got married. And pretty soon um, I started realizing that alcohol was a big problem in our marriage. Mm. But that's now a story for another day. So drugs to me was that thing that you knew about and a proper parent would speak to their children about it and tell them to stay away Mm. and good children would then stay away from drugs. But that's unfortunately not how it happened. Um, My one daughter went to England shortly after matric and within a year she started experimenting with drugs and According to her, she really experimented deeply and with most everything. Mm. And um, when she came back from England, of course, I was still very much um, unaware of, of the situation. And as I, I paged through one of her photo albums, I saw a photo that just shocked me to the core of uh, a cocaine lines on the table and I just realized sure, he was really at a place that I I didn't know about. Mm. So that was actually my first introduction to drugs Um, and of course from there the Lord just had me on a journey uh, and I started learning more and he started bringing people over my path and that's how the whole thing started. Then in 2000 2009, another life-changing experience happened, and that is uh, when I got involved with an organization called Disciple-Making Movement. It's not an organization, it's just a movement of ordinary people uh, learning to read the Bible and to actually uh, be obedient and, and do what God tells us to do in a specific scripture. And also in that time, it so happened that we started a homeschool center at my house. So there I was introduced to, you, to working with young people and being obedient to the word. And of course, that was the starting point from where God led me to being, becoming involved with drug addicts.
2: Wow. So Alta, what you're saying to me is that um, in the activities of the school, that some of those young uh, children were uh, addicted to drugs.
0: No, not that, not that, although there were many of them using drugs. But, oh. you know, it's difficult to say when a child is, basically most of the kids today are really involved in drugs. I would not say that they are necessarily addicted to drugs, um, but, but most of them are using it in, in a social manner. Mm.
1: And then, of course, they expose themselves to possible addiction because all of us know that. For some people, they can just use it socially or casually, but others, they get hooked and then they they cannot turn around. And I think that Absolutely. is the horror of all mothers. And I'm so yeah. grateful we're talking to you from the perspective of a mother today that struggled with this and yeah. knows. and also not only a mother, but then a teacher and then someone that started coming alongside people struggling with addiction. Can you t- tell us more oh. about that?
0: Okay, so... Uh yeah, it was actually quite funny. Um, I, My sister and I were thinking about starting a type of a, a gap year program for young girls. And we had all uh, these uh, pictures of high heels and uh, <laughs> manners and things like that. And then God sent me the first person that stayed here for a while. And he was totally addicted to heroin. I didn't Whoa. know it at that time. So I only found out later that mm. he was a heroin addict, and uh, that was really a very hard school for me to be in. But I'm I'm very thankful that I was able to go through that. Mm.
1: And I think he was from the streets. Hey? you invited him to stay with you. I'm sorry. I-
0: I couldn't get there.
1: How did that happen that he came to stay with you? I think he came from the streets. He didn't have a place to live.
0: Yes, uh, yes he was He was on the streets. But, but actually a pastor brought him. That was just after the school moved out of here. Mm. So I had some extra space and a pastor brought him. And he asked if I would give this guy a gap and give him a space to stay and so on. And uh, my daughter and I prayed about it and we sensed that this is what God wants us to do, and we agreed. Um, That was, um, yes, that was quite an (laughs) adventure. Oh, Uh, wow. He he, he was with us for a few months, and uh, we tried to get him into a rehab, um, and the day that he had to go to the rehab, he just couldn't face it, and he ran away. And a few months later, he, he was back, and we took him in again, But eventually, we had to ask him to leave because it was just it it just
2: didn't work out. It was just too much. Wow. So, so some people would say that you were helping him, um, but you know, what of the what you did? Do do you think was really helpful? And were there some things that you uh, did that you think now were perhaps not that helpful?
0: Yeah, I I think that, you know, when we met him, it was, um, the the request was providing a place to stay because he's got a job now and he's moving forward. Um, So I think providing a place to stay is a good thing, but also working with that person, I remember now at that stage I was very, uh, very much a novice and I really, I had no clue what I was doing. Um, So, yes, I think there were some things that maybe enabled him to continue with his addiction. Mm. But at the same time, we we kept on talking and speaking about the problem and what can be done to resolve the problem and how we can get him into a rehab and so on. So uh, he, he, he eventually did go to a rehab. Um, but unfortunately,
2: he returned. He went back to the streets after that. Mm. 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 Yeah. So people would immediately say, "But why don't you reach out to him again?"
0: <laughs> um,
2: so, but in in your in your view, why did you yes. not? Mm. What have
1: you learned? It yeah. sounds like you learnt uh, a lot about boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. That that
0: that was um, what I told him before I had to to the. the Last time that we had to let him go, I told him, "You know what? If you don't go to the rehab now, um, that's it. Then I can't take you back in." And since then, it's actually quite um, now at the, on the streets again, but basically across the road from me, mm-hmm. it stands there, and he begs there or duelas there, as he, as I call it, and but I stop and I greet him and I ask how he is and so on, um, Yeah, of that. So, so I think to sticks to the boundaries once you've said this is what I am going to do and then to keep to that, I think
1: that's very important. Mm, thank mm. you so much for that. Um, we're going to talk more about this because I think there's so much to delve into. But let's just take a quick break and then we will talk more after that.
2: Um, Elta, so much uh, thanks and gratitude for what you have shared. And um, it uh, it could sound like he was that that young man was the only one you helped. You know, what were some of the other stories that you had experienced and other people that you helped along oh. the way?
0: Okay, um, I'm thinking of a specific guy that we met at uh, like a, also a rehab, more like a halfway house. Uh, that I asked to do some welding for me and uh, we built up quite a good relationship whilst he was still in the rehab and um, one day he just stood up at my house um, telling me that he's been uh, kicked out of the rehab for whatever reason and he needs a place to stay and that's what we did we allowed him a place to stay uh, but soon after, he also messed up. And um, his, his, he didn't have any relations with his mom or his wife or his daughters.
1: That's what often happens, that right? That's what often happens yeah. because the people break those people, kick them out. They don't, they can't live with that any longer. So that's often yeah. what happens. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, of course. So, um, long story short, um, I contacted his mom and I spoke to her. And I gave her a number of uh, good rehab, and she got him into that rehab. And the last time I heard, he was um, uh, reunited with his, with his wife and his daughters, and it was going very well with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's one of the better stories, where mm-hmm. really, things turned out well. And mm-hmm. then, of course, we also have another young man who, who came to stay with us, He's now been with us for seven years, Mm. and uh, it's been a very, very long road. uh, Initially, we just did not push for rehab or for anything. We just accepted him into our home and loved him and cared for him and just helped him to, to, to just grow as a person. Um, and he is at a stage where he is ready to be rehabilitated. Because, mm. you know, so many of these young men or young people, they have no emotional or intellectual or spiritual foundation. Mm. Uh, so it's basically as if they are living in this vacuum and they just, all they have is their drugs. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing else. Mm-hmm. And to take the drug away without putting anything back in mm-hmm. is um, it's not a good recipe mm. so um, yeah so there are there are different things I think, depending on where the person comes from, uh, that would give you an indication of how you can help
1: that person right, right. without enabling him. Yes. And then also I think we need to say that in this time, while the person was still using, he, he continued to control it, right? It was not just he was just acting out. He was just completely high all the time oh. while he was with you. Just tell us more about that practical process it's a very messy process and i think some people think wow how could you do that but tell uh, give us a more insight into that that process what it is like for you and for the person himself for the guy i
0: think the important thing here was that right from the start he was really open and honest with me about where he was in, um, w- uh, in relation to his addiction problem.
1: Which is unique, um, hey? Because they often lie. That's, that's part of the big problem. So it's hard to find someone that's lie. really honest.
0: Yes, they often lie, and he told many lies, um, but he would also always come back to the truth um, and tell, them, uh, tell me afterwards no, that, that was a lie. He did take the money, he did buy drugs with it, etc., but right from the start, we 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 try to to have an open and an honest relationship. Mm. So we could really speak openly and honestly about where he was, what he was struggling with, um, you know, what his plans are, etc. So I, I think that that's a very important thing is to mm. really be open and honest with one another mm. Mm. and address the problem as the problem, not see the person as the problem,
1: oh, but to very see the
0: important. problem, mm. the, the addiction mm. as the
1: problem. Very important to distinguish and not so easy to distinguish that, right? Because the one is so much mm. part of the other. It's really hard mm. to see it as two separate things. And then, yeah. Alta, I also know, just because we've been friends for many years, that... Um, Mm -hmm. Um, that it wasn't so easy from the community. You even experienced persecution from other Christians around you that couldn't understand that you were doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe you can share some of that with us.
0: Yes, there was a lot of rejection, even from my own family. They they totally rejected us for quite some time. Uh, I'm thankful to say that most of them... um, uh, after spending some in-depth time with the Lord Really also uh, figured out that, that they are not acting in a very Christian way So yes, there was a lot of rejection from community and family So and what so would on. they say?
1: So, what would they say? Just practical, specific, that people can hear What was the problem? <laughs> why why did they reject? What did they say?
0: <laughs> you, you don't do that you don't, you don't help somebody like that You send them to a rehab but, you know, the problem is rehabs are extremely expensive. Good good rehabs are very expensive. It's not possible for anybody to go to a rehab. And some of the rehabs that you can go to, uh, the problem there, the drug use and drug abuse inside the rehab are, are worse than on the street. You what know. an irony. So that, that's a problem. We have a really big problem what to do and where to send these guys. Um, if you can find that and you can afford it, it's no problem. But mm. if you can't afford it, it really becomes a
1: problem. But it's important so. what you're saying because I want people to hear that, that all rehabs are not necessarily the answer. Um, because it's oh. kind of disgusting to hear what you say, that, that there are drugs mm. being used at rehabs because we don't normally think that. We always think a rehab is a healing place. But you're saying that that's not actually the case. And, and I know you have a lot of experience with people at rehabs. Yeah.
0: Yes, we've we've been to many, many rehabs and uh, talking to different people about the rehabs and what goes on there. And and some of the stories are really all ripping where uh, some of the addicts are being used and sexually exploited, Mm. how they use them for, you know, cheap labor, that that type of thing Mm. happens. Uh, And even even
1: in Christian settings, right? Yes,
0: yes. you know, it's easy for, for rehab centers to advertise themselves as a Christian center and maybe put in, like, they do Bible studies or they have some sort of a program or listen to tapes and so on. But it, it, it's what the people inside the rehab does. The last rehab that we've been to, uh, they were really people uh, on steroids keeping the discipline in the center, mm. and uh, it was really not a, a, a very good place. Um, We are looking at a new place at the moment where uh, some of the addicts that went through the program are currently employed at the rehab. And that tells me that they found something uh, worthwhile at that rehab. And Mm. that's why they are wanting to to give back to other people what they've learned there. Absolutely.
2: So what what I'm hearing, Elta, is that uh, one of the good ways to help is not just to send somebody to a rehab center because I think that is mm. what family members often want to do or friends yeah. of of an addict is just send them off uh drop and go mm. and and not to have anything more to do with it um, oh. so how How should a family member and, and friends uh actually really help uh those are some of the things that you had done.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think part of it is to really physically visit the rehab center to see what's going on there. To speak to the people uh, that are there, if you are allowed to. Mm-hmm. If you're not allowed to speak to any of the, the addicts in in the center, be very aware because then they are trying, then they are hiding something. So speak to the people inside. Speak, uh, look at the, the the place itself. What is what are they doing to keep the people active? What type of programs do they present? Mm. Uh, all those things plays, uh, play in a very, very important role in uh, the rehabilitation of the addicts in
1: the end. Alta, I think what we're talking about is so important. We've, we haven't often mentioned this at any of our previous programs, and we had spoken to quite a few treatment centers. So um, it's something that we can definitely continue to talk more about in our next program. So listeners, Uh be sure to tune in next week again. And also the previous two weeks, we had spoken to um, Peter Schultz from Mighty Wings. um, And they have an outpatient treatment center, which I think is perfect. When I listen to you, Alta, I'm just thinking... How great it would have been for you guys to have had an, an outpatient treatment center in your area that while people were not ready or didn't have the means to go to a full-time treatment center, that they could do an outpatient thing because this is like twice a week and, um, and they help the families, friends, partners, parents and the addict. And I think it's so important. So listeners, if you missed that, those two programs, make sure that you catch up on that and that you download the, the podcast for that. And then make sure that you tune in again and invite your friends to listen. I think Elta's got a very unique story. We don't often hear, speak to people um, um, like her who had been involved as from a, the, a, an individual's point of view with other people struggling with addictions. Till next time, God bless.